0: Thank you for listening to the Grizzden podcast If you like what you hear today, please subscribe rate and review it really does help Without further ado, enjoy the show Walk that drink! 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 that drink! Well, well, well. The Grizzlies have survived. Game 5, welcome to the Grizzden Podcast. I'm your host, Will Walker, and I'm joined by John Craft and Ty Smith Sr., uh, 116 to 99. the final score. I was at the game in the forum. it was rocking. Uh, whooped that trick, was playing. That's why my voice is a little bit maybe weaker than it, than it was at least earlier today. but you know, I'm gonna grind through the pod just like our guys grinding through game five. Uh, we were all at a point uh, probably throughout today where I know I know this is true for me. But I was just with everything that had been going on since Game Four, uh, all the aftermath, which y'all covered in a great way on the last podcast. I was I was pretty beat down, and I was at peace with whatever happened today. And I, I still remember having that same feeling in the Game Five last year against Minnesota. Of course, a different situation um, than this one, but uh, and and luckily, unlike that game. This, which happened one year ago today, by the way, we are. It's funny how the history of these two series is, is um, has some correlation. But the Grizzlies played one of their better games of the series, and I'm going to throw it over to John Kraft because John, I want you to tell me what it was the biggest storyline. What was the biggest takeaway for you from this game?
1: Uh, my biggest storyline uh, that I think. You know of the game. Uh, I, there's a couple other ones I'd like to talk about with Bain and Job, but honestly, I think the biggest storyline is uh, is Jenkins taking Dylan out with about seven, uh, eight minutes left to go in the third quarter. Um, I mean, you know, kind of a subplot was the was the interesting super small lineups with Kennard in it that we also were in the first half, but but basically just putting Kennard in very quickly, way quicker. You know, he never makes a sub before six minutes in the first and third quarter, like throughout the whole season. I I don't, I wonder if outside of foul trouble, if you've ever just made a pure sub, you know, before the first TV timeout uh, portion of the first and third quarters before. And we did with Kennard, and I think it immediately showed dividends. So that's mine.
0: What about you, Ty?
2: Yeah, I'd say the same. Um, I was just really encouraged. I know we talked earlier today, Will and I did, um, about just like what we want to see from tonight. And my biggest thing was just like, can we please just like play with freedom, um, play with energy, just play hard, have that kind of like Grizzlies mentality that we've you know have we've known to love. Others have no, you know, come to come to hate. But it's like the the subtle swag stuff um let's just play like you know like we're here for it um we did in game four not to say that like we haven't this series game three was a big punch in the mouth but we've done that so far this series too but last game especially just felt like such a heartbreaker um i we haven't talked um i guess we have talked since then um but it just i I felt like during that game we were kind of in control of it oddly enough even though our lead was never big I was just like, God, we're getting so many good looks. Like every time down the floor, we're getting good looks. And I honestly, thought game four, I got to a point where I was like, Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna win. And I'm sure they felt that way a little bit too. And to come back tonight, after all of that, um, and to play with just like, just play so hard with so much energy, have huge performances from our guys. Like it's kind of wild when Dez and Jaw look like that, like how good we can be. Um And, you know, the, the, I guess not elephant in the room anymore, but just like the blatant, like blinking sign screaming at us, the siren is like, that's what it looks like when there's another shooter on the floor. Um I know we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but to your point, Kraft, about the quick trigger from Jenkins, like he was finally like, okay, this is kind of like, I feel like my mind is solid, like, my mind's made up now. I have been shown too much data. Um, they even asked him earlier about like uh, or after the game um, about not playing Roddy and going back to Conchar. and he said the data in certain lineups pointed me to that direction. So you know I mean obviously he's looking at that kind of stuff. But it seems like all of the stuff that's kind of come from the Luke positivity. He hit like two shots tonight and it still didn't matter because Jaw that's when Jaw just got lived in the paint because they couldn't help. Um, you you know you plus
1: twenty six.
2: Yeah, plus plus twenty six on the game, which is crazy. And you'll see some screenshots, I'm sure, floating around Twitter of like what it looks like when Dylan's in the game with Ja on the ball, the defenders. Um but my biggest thing is we played so hard. We played so much energy, and we kind of had some swag. Like Ja was doing the two small stuff, but Ja was there for it. He was coming out, swinging. Bane was awesome. Jaron was pretty timid, but hit some big shots kind of later. Um, that three he hit when they were kind of making a little bit of a run was actually a really big shot. Um, got some offensive rebounds. But it seems like we kind of are starting to find a little bit. Um, and if they stop getting, like, outlier performances – Um, you know, who knows what can happen? So I was just encouraged that we fought hard, um, played well and made adjustments. And again, going back to the making adjustments, like it's one thing to make them, but it's another thing for them to actually work, (laughs) right? Like sometimes coaches just make changes because it's like, oh, this is what we're going to do. And it just, nothing happens with it. But we've been saying this for three games now that like, it is clear when we make this change, it works time and time and time and time again. Um, So, honestly, I was just encouraged also to see that that worked again. Luke Playing Luke just simply works. So
0: Yep. Dylan played 12 more minutes than Luke. He shot 12 more shots. That's wild. And we were 33 points better with Luke Kennard on the floor than Dylan Brooks. Now, it is worth noting, we're recording right now at about 10 p.m. after the game. Luke Kennard did have to sit with an injury. In the arena, we had terrible phone service. Everybody was confused uh, why Jenkins was sticking with Dylan. What we didn't know is that uh, Luke had suffered a stinger in his shooting arm and he was held out. Uh, Jenkins said it was precautionary. Uh, I haven't seen the press conference. It seems as if Luke might be a bit more um, wary of saying that he is 100 percent going to be fine for the next game. Obviously, that would be a huge blow to a an already um, injured team here. But you cannot overstate Luke Kennard's impact on this game. And like you guys already said, it's not as if it was because of his output necessarily. It's because of what he provides for our best players. And we all thought going into this series, Desmond Bain and John Morant were going to have Really big series because the backcourt for the Lakers is just cannot match what, what Ja and, and Des can bring on the offensive end. I will also note Desmond Bain finally surpassed 40% from behind the three-point line for the first time in this series. Still only hit four. He was four for nine, but that just impacted the game in such a huge way. He was driving. He was getting rebounds. Also had five assists. I thought Desmond Bain really paced the Grizzlies on the offensive end and then John Morant that just opened everything up for him Ty you had something to say to that
2: yeah I just wanted to kind of clarify the Luke stuff really quick um especially before we potentially talk about game six so they interviewed him after after the game obviously he said he was just feeling a little stiff and a little sore um he he caught it a stinger. They asked him, because Jenkins was like, it was maybe precautionary. Um, I'm not sure. I don't have everything, you know, available to me, all the info yet. But he was in good spirits in the locker room. And he was. And they asked kind of Luke how he felt. He just said it was stiff and sore. And the question was, do you think you could have come back in the game? And he said, ah, maybe. Like he said, but we had a pretty good lead, and we trusted the guys on the floor to kind of pull through and stuff like that. And then he was basically like, I'm going to do everything I can to be ready to go for game six. Um, so it's, it is encouraging. It sounds like it's fine. It's, you know, Stinger's best case. It's not, there was no dislocation mentioned. Like nothing like that has come out. So I think, I think he's in the clear. And then someone I saw on Twitter, maybe one of our, our writers or someone said that last year uh, Chris Paul had this exact same injury and played the next game. Um, so that's encouraging, too. Mm. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there to start.
0: Guys, I want to – this this might be too bold here, but I think we're at the point in this series where I kind of think of Dylan Brooks as the Steven Adams of the Minnesota series last time. Um, obviously, Steven Adams, super important player. We're seeing, we're seeing what happens without him, uh, both in the playoffs, but also we saw what happened without him in the regular season down the stretch as well. Uh, but truly – we had to make a decision on one of our core pieces, core rotation guys, for the betterment of the series. And of course, he came out and played a bit more the next series. And he had that injury, though, that kept him uh, from playing a ton of minutes. Uh, but Dylan is nearing a point to me where you see how we switched Tillman onto LeBron to start the game. Dylan was guarding AD, and AD absolutely cooked him. And. Obviously, they're giving him all the space in the world on the offensive end. It's re- it's becoming very difficult to find a place where he sticks. If anything, if I'm Jenkins and the last-ditch effort would be to maybe play Dylan on Russell or Reeves, let him foul out if, if need be. Um, because both of those guys are pretty good at, at drawing fouls. Well, I'm sure we'll get back to Reeves again with just some terrible flops. Luckily, Bill Kennedy was here and didn't didn't call all of them uh, like Reeves would have wanted them to. But I I don't know. I'm I'm at this point. I know I know a bunch of fans are where it's just better without him on the floor. And I'm sure that I'm sure that there are some arguments from objective parties to the otherwise just due to how shallow we are with depth. But, guys, I don't know. I, I'm ready to play Kennard 30-plus minutes. I'm ready to just flip all the numbers around from what they were today on paper with Dylan Brooks and Luke Kennard. And even – I mean, Roddy didn't play tonight, but if you need to play Roddy instead, like I almost trust that would work more just from a spacing perspective because you look in the end of the third quarter going on a 19-2 run – Guess who wasn't out there? So, I don't know. We're Two games left in this series, and you have to put egos aside. You have to put politics aside. I think it's time to make a decision for the betterment of the team, and this is what Jenkins is paid to do. So, I would put it entirely on him uh, if we see Dylan play another 30-plus minutes and have a similar performance. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, uh, you know, he was getting the like, – I mean, it's getting Tony Allen levels – Of, uh, but yet he keeps, you know, he keeps shooting, and I feel like it's time to kind of let him uh, sit on the bench. Is just not the series for him, basically.
2: Yeah, I think it's too. Like it's not a, it's not like the guy needs to be like Steve O. I mean, he never got back in the series at all, right? Like he never played another minute after I think he started game two again kind of the same thing, trends started happening. So Jenkins pulled him completely. I'm not saying that Dylan has to completely go away from the series, just like completely disappear, but he has to be – his minutes obviously have to be limited and restricted. I think he needs to only be out there in certain lineups. Um, If AD and LeBron are both on the floor, I don't know if Dylan needs to be on the floor then. Maybe when they make some subs, that would make a little bit more sense. Especially when AD goes out and it's just LeBron as like the rim protector, right? I know they try to do like the Winion Gabriel thing tonight. Um, but I, I, there are stretches where I think Dylan is, value, you know, can have value on the floor. But when AD's in the paint and they're just like putting two on both, like they're blitzing Bane now on screens, we'll talk about that maybe as far as adjustments later. Um, they're trying to get the ball out of his hands, um, which is kind of awesome because that le- usually leaves Jaw one-on-one on the perimeter with a very inferior defender. And you can actually see Jaw take advantage of that when you have the floor stretched. But back to what we were kind of talking earlier is, like, let's try to do Dylan as, like, either the ultra, ultra, ultra small ball five or definitely put him at the four, right, in certain lineups. Um, I think there's a him yeah. in the series, but I don't think it's when – Basically, our starting lineup is much better without with Luke instead of Dylan. I think Dylan is going to continue to start games, but I could definitely see that quick trigger early third quarter sub go on, um, and maybe that happens in the second quarter too, or sorry, the first quarter too. Right? Um, I think he, you know. I think honestly, the ideal Dylan is like eighteen to twenty-two minutes a night. Very matchup dependent. Very rotation dependent. Other than that, I think. I think Luke needs to be on the floor.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just – it's almost in his head now. I mean, I think the next series between the Warriors and the Kings are a series for Dillon. Yep. They'll have a star player to guard. They Neither team uh, – you know, obviously Draymond still has his moments, but neither team has the same kind of rim protection so he can take the ball to the basket. And I, I like that idea of almost putting Dylan in when they go to that small ball LeBron at five yep. lineup and maybe putting Dylan in on, on LeBron then. Um, and kind of, you know, keeping him from driving and just kind of, you know, mucking it up that, uh, but, but it seems like, you know, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I think, I don't know if Jenkins will be so bold to like start Canard. Un- I, you know, unfortunately this injury complicates things because I would be definitely coming on here and saying, I want to see, I want to see Jaron start for Dylan. I mean, I, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Canard start for Dylan. That's what I want to yep. see. Like, I, I want to see it. Uh, I just think at this point, uh, you know, and it took, it took that lead evaporating and it being like, it's an elimination game. I have, I have to put out my best lineup. It took that for Jenkins to do, it, and I get it. Again, we talked about it. This guy is, you know, it is, whether he's the leader, he's a leader in the locker room. He's the most tenured guy. He's been a starter forever. He's had a really rough series. It's, it's a tough deal to be benched. But it's just not the series for him. Similar, you know, Steven Adams handled it amazingly last year. He just he can't guard cat, and I think this is a series where there isn't a perimeter guy who has the kind of game that we need Dylan for, and they are literally it's four on five if they if, if he cannot make them pay for leaving him wide open, and he is not yet this series, we can't play him. It, like, we just can't do it.
0: It's, it is borderline a, a mental thing at this point too, which you were saying where if guys are leaving you open, that's gonna mess with your psyche. And it's it, at this point it's not even a little bit of respect. It is complete. We're not even looking at you when you when you have the ball, Please, oh, please take it. Now the on the other side, speaking of, Le, of LeBron, 37 minutes tonight, five for 17, one for nine from three. Minus one in the game. Yes, he, of course, affects the game in other ways. Had ten rebounds. He had five assists. But, guys, LeBron James was quiet tonight. He had, like, six points in the middle of the third quarter. And you look up and you wonder, man, did, did that game four just take it completely out of Braun? Is he making the business decision, which we thought could be the case? I thought also we could see AD similarly. Um Maybe mailing it in a little bit. Ad was amazing. I I mean, 31 points, 19 rebounds. He dominated in the paint yet again. Defensively, uh, it was really tough to get things to go. I thought going back to our Bane pick and roll, that was the one thing that I felt like when you bring him out from the basket, that was when we started rolling um, in the third. But Ad still played 35 minutes. Took a hard fall. Was holding his back. I've never heard FedEx Forum louder. <laughs> on a non, just like a a, a random miss shot, but everybody saw him go down to the floor, and uh them have to to basically have a take foul. I'm pretty sure Reeves got called for a take foul in that it, scenario, and it was
1: it was our our Detroit man. Yes, is what exactly.
0: It was. <laughs> it was it was so hilarious on one hand, and also we were all looking around like, is this the moment? We've all we talked about it. The longer this series go. Goes the more it favors the Grizzlies. We're heading back to L.A. I just got word that we are in the Friday 9:30 p.m. Central time slot. So make sure you get your naps in again on Friday because we're playing even later, 9:30 <laughs> p.m. <laughs> tip. Uh, so, but and then and then what they said on the radio, I was listening on the way home. I don't know if this is true. This is not confirmed yet. I heard that. We might be the noon game if it goes to a game seven in Memphis on Sunday. And I was pretty bummed at first about that because I hate day games. But then I was thinking about, well, that's basically like a day and three quarter turnaround for LeBron and AD. Uh, I'm still not bought into the day game. I really hate if that's going to be the case. Again, unconfirmed, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, guys, what else did you see in this game uh, that's worth discussing here as we unpack what happened in Game 5? Ty, what do you think?
2: Um, I mean, I think we've kind of mentioned a lot of it. Uh, Jaw was great. Um, he was there for it, like we were saying. Bain was great. We're really kind of starting to like empower him, um, giving him the ball again, running the pick and rolls, doing stuff like that. Santi wasn't just completely awful. Um, Tillman was good again, even though he missed so many little chippies at the rim. Um, If he can clean that up, that could be really big. Um, And then, honestly, I think we kind of survived like a bad Jaron game. Um, Jaron did not play well. Defensively, he was pretty good just because he's so active around the rim. Um, But offensively, he just kind of had one of those nights where he wasn't really there much. Um, fumbling passes, just, like, not really in great positions. Um, still obviously impactful on the defensive end. Um, one thing I kind of, like, leading into the Canard thing and maybe the smaller guard lineups, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Jaron to be really big because he's probably going to have to defend AD at one point and then also potentially, like, help on the LeBron drive. Like, he's going to be needed to be – the defensive player of the year, right? He's going to have to be all over the place, everywhere at once. Um, and I think he's a capable. I think he can do it. But that's what's going to be necessary for him in game six because I think we have found something with some small lineups. Um, I think Jenkins, one of the reasons he's been hesitant is because, you know, the Lakers can use that size in the paint. Um, that
0: just means Jaron's going to have to be huge. So... Shout out to the Ja Tyus bain canard lineup there that jenkins threw out in the first half one of the uh one of the best offensive lineups we've seen in such a short sample size it's a lineup that had not played together all season the first time shockingly uh but hey it worked ty's jaw lineup the one that that has worked what did you think about that craft
1: yeah i'm i'm so i i'm as you know, I am the biggest hater of the Tyus-Jaw lineup, but I'm, I am the biggest <laughs> lover of the, the B- Kennard-Bain lineup, and, and Kennard-Bain won out over that. I, I will say that there's a part of me that if you could take you know, maybe Tyus and put in somebody else or Jaw and put in somebody else, Uh, I I worry it was a little gimmicky and the Lakers will be ready for it in game six if we try it. Uh, But I do like the idea of just Jaron and then four guys who can hit shots or score and that have to be guarded. And so, I mean, mean, you know, I just, I liked the lineup. I think, you know, the Lakers have yet, um, and I guess they did a little bit in game three, they have yet to score a ton of points. And so I do think, you know, that... We could see if if Dylan being in the game less, you know, cares, matters defensively. But I really feel like we do a good job defending, and if we can get a, a lineup with just some offense, it's huge.
0: Uh, one more point, just to, to just to bring it home, we did see Conchar come off the bench. We saw um, we saw him instead of Roddy. Roddy didn't play at all. I thought that was pretty notable. I think in this press conference, uh, Jenkins essentially said that this was it's a decision. Between Conchar, Aldama, and um, who's the third that I'm not even thinking of? Conchar, Aldama, and Roddy. There it is. The three that we were just talking about. So each game, really, he said Tyus and Luke are the two that he's he's trusting, and then it's it's a situational decision between Roddy. Conchar and Aldama and I thought that Aldama was like you said Ty was a big plus tonight actually um, was fourth on the team in plus minus at plus 17 hit a big three and just that third quarter again was where we we got separation in the game I thought it was the difference in the fourth quarter there was a little bit of tightening that went on and we didn't play our best offensive basketball just kept kept missing Layups and just let them creep back into the game. And it was really funny because I was just basically saying out loud in the arena the whole fourth quarter the Lakers are begging to lose this game and we just will not let them. We could not hit the dagger three or the shot that put it over the edge, which in a roundabout way might have helped us long term because AD and LeBron had to stay in even longer in that fourth quarter. And finally, uh, Ham pulled the plug and took LeBron out with, I think, like four minutes left and then even kept AD in longer, which was more confusing to me as the Lakers got it only within 12 at one point, but it was up to a 25-point lead at, at other points in the game and, and whittled down from there.
1: I will say a sneaky underrated thing is Reeves played 40, and there was a point on the broadcast both in the second quarter and then again in the third where he was at the free throw line, um, or basically, or just like after a foul close up of him, and he looked like he had just run a marathon. He was dying, uh, especially in the second quarter. And so, like a sneaky, I know he's young, he's like us, but I think, you know, game four, as devastating of a loss as it was, they really used a ton of energy in game four. I, I think they really did. I remember LeBron. After he hit that, I still remember after, you know, he hit the the amazing shot, the tier three layup over Jaron, he came over to the bench and they had a close-up of him and it was this look of, I just gave everything to get this tied and now i got to figure out over time how I can give some more energy. And, uh, but, you know, and it was just this kind of like, uh, you know, the way you look right for like a last set an exercise where you're like, okay, I can do this. I can get through this one more time. I just think, you know, and, and it showed tonight. Um, and I guess that's part of the story is how much was they, how much was tonight them being gas and how much was them just not wanting to exert a lot of energy knowing they, they have a game six at home. So we'll see.
0: All right. Moving into game six and discussions for the rest of this series, you know, we've seen we've seen the chess moves from Jenkins uh with Ham. It's it's kind of Darvin Ham doesn't have a ton. He did throw in winning Gabriel. We we saw that for the first time uh in this series and I think it was because of our small ball lineup that was absolutely killing their small ball lineup and he he just had to get some height on the floor, some energy and Gabriel did. I mean, he did bring some energy early on and had you know a couple of rebounds, a couple of hustle plays but overall there hasn't been a ton that they can do because they're so top heavy and they're super reliant on the Reeves, Russell, Hachimura, um, you know basically one two of those three need to have really good games for them to win and that's been the story of this series. but when you're looking ahead Ty to game six, what do you anticipate? Um, from the energy there and what do you anticipate in terms of a Grizzlies team that's coming off a game five victory at home has game seven in their sights if they get it done like what's the biggest thing you're watching for in a game six matchup in LA I
2: think it's just that I think it is energy um, and aggression we were super aggressive tonight we were kind of getting out um running a little bit started the game like really attacking the rim brevin kept saying that we're not selling for threes we ended up taking 40 tonight um but that came more of like flow in the offense it's not just like we don't have anything else to do so we're just going to shoot a shot um i i think to your point i think lebron's going to come out in game six and be a lot better obviously tonight was probably his worst game of the series um he looked pretty rough out there um i definitely think that he's going to come out with a ton of energy and I think we're going to have to weather that. I think we're going to have to stay composed. Basically, repeat of game four, right? Make plays when we need to. Keep the energy high. Um, The first half of game four was really tough. I'm not expecting us to do that again, right? I'm expecting us to come out and play composed and and free again. Um, I do feel like the pressure is a little bit more on them. like The fact that they do not want to come back to Memphis, obviously um for a game seven the whole going down you know being up 3-1 risking losing that i feel like this is kind of like their obviously it's a must win for both teams but i feel like there's gonna be a lot of pressure on them um people have all like, already kind of written us out like everyone i did see some i think john hollinger basically tweeted like we could get a warriors um lakers game one on sunday or something like people are all, still already like talking about that kind of stuff um so, I think the pressure's off. I think Bane has gotten in rhythm, which is a huge deal. Um, he's looked so good these last couple games. Um, I think that's a big deal. And I think they're kind of finally figuring out like, oh, wait, they really don't have anyone to guard him. Crafty, your point about Reeves looking exhausted, that's because he's having to chase Bane around all over the place. And he is getting screened to death because we Tillman's still a really good screen setter. He's no Stevo, but Tillman's a thick guy, and he's a really good screen setter. Um, So Reeves is getting all that brunt, too. I think it's all about LeBron and AD, obviously. I think Russell has shown that there's going to be stretches where he makes shots, and there's going to be stretches where he's Memphis slogan with us, right? Um, Vanderbilt pretty much disappears after the first quarter of every game that we play. Reeves is steady. Like, he's a solid player. Um, I'm banking on him getting his 18 to 20 points, being fairly efficient, playing pretty good defense, but, like, He just can't give him 30, you know what I mean? Rui's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. We're contesting his jumpers. We're kind of knowing where he likes to get. I just think it's all about LeBron and AD. And you're right, AD had a really good game tonight, and we still won by 17. Um, If we can kind of hold LeBron, play really good defense, get out and run, um, make them guard every position on the floor, which is something we did tonight too. Like, again, with the canard thing, just going back to it, like – they can't help, man. they got to be attached to his hip. And every time he touches it, you could tell. Like, there was one possession where Troy Brown was kind of, like, helping off Kennard. As soon as we kicked it to Kennard, I mean, he just dead sprinted, basically, like, went into the, into the stands trying to, like, contest. Um, and Kennard's a really good playmaker. Like, right before the half, he did that drive to the right, swing around baseline, right-handed pass to Tyus in the corner. Tyus, who still can't hit a shot, Immediately kicked it to Bane, and Bane was just wide open on the wing for a three. Like Dylan's just never gonna do that kind of stuff. Um, not to just like b- bury it all over again or anything. Um, but I think we got to make them guard. We got to make them work. And I do think potentially they are wearing down. But you you can't cut out LeBron. I think LeBron's probably gonna have a massive game. We're probably have to overcome it. But I think John Bane are kind of kind of finding some stuff. Um, so I look for them to continue to have a big game. And I look for adjustments. Will, to your point, like what can the Lakers really do? Not a lot, right? They just kind of – got to trust their guys. And that sometimes is a really good plan in and of itself, right? But we've we've done things. We've made changes that have worked. Um, and we just got to stick with it.
0: What do you think, Kraft?
1: Yeah, I think for me, the a couple of the things that I saw, uh, I, I agree. Like we, we closed out on Rui well. It feels like we've now adjusted to Rui being uh, – like that, we need to close on him, but we don't, you know. But whatever, uh, like, but he's finally coming down to earth. But, but I think they made their big adjustment by by sort of doubling Bane on those pick and rolls and making him making Bane give up the ball. And I feel like that that was a struggle for us with Dylan in the game and with Tillman knowing kind of what to do. And I feel like what's cool is we have two days to practice when they double Bane, what to do, like what you know. Tillman and, and Jaron, if they get the ball, what to do with it. And then obviously, you know, there's no adjustment to if you have Canard instead of Dylan. Um, they basically have to pick their poison. Um, but that was really effective when you can double a guy because they just guarded the other four guys with three guys because Dylan, they just left wide open. And so I just feel like that was the big adjustment they made when Bain got off to a great start, um, you know, on those pick and rolls that he killed them with at the end of game four. And, and so I, I don't know what adjustments they have. You know, the other point is, like, we still haven't shot amazing. Like, we just, we, we're still 44% from the field, 35% from three, which is, you know, which is okay for us, which is good for us. But, like, we don't have to, like, have some amazing shooting night to really destroy them. We just got to shoot okay. We got to shoot our averages. and uh, so, But I don't know what adjustment, really, the Lakers can make, um, you know, if we shoot well.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I was going to make that point as well. Like I said, first time for Bain to be over 40%, but as a team only shooting 35% from three, they were all just very timely. I also wanted to note, we had 11 turnovers tonight, which was two less than last game. Uh, but the difference in points off turnovers, Lakers scored 17 points off turnovers last game and only 10 this game. And that shows after we have a turnover, what? how do you respond? And I thought that there were only a couple of runouts that I noticed in in this game, and it was usually early on. And so I thought we nipped that in the bud and just – I think we're just getting used to the style of this team. We're getting used to their quirks, the way they try to draw fouls. We're getting used to Hachimura. I, I think if you close out on him hard and force him to be a playmaker, we're seeing his limitations there. And I think that um, you're seeing in a series where Anthony Davis has truly shown – dominance on on both ends of the floor taking advantage of every single minute that he isn't playing and it's going to be interesting how darvin ham decides to pace him for game six because you know yes memphis did have a what a quote-unquote blowout game but that's not to say in a in a complete elimination game for both teams in a game seven. I just don't expect to see AD resting a whole lot. So I'm 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 very intrigued by how they're going to pace those minutes with with A D and without him. And like you said, I mean taking care of the ball and making threes, it's it can be that simple because what everyone thought going into this series was going to be a giant rebounding disparity for the Grizzlies thanks to Xavier Tillman and also some hardworking rebounding by Jaron Jackson when he didn't have it offensively he really was staying aggressive and he only had one foul by the way for most of this game had two I think he picked up his second in the third quarter and then he ends the game with five and a lot of that was just late game frustration um, with not getting some calls down low and I I love this aggressive Jaron even when he's not when he doesn't have it on the offensive end so I'm going to be looking to Jaron from a player standpoint, because I'm feeling good about Bain, feeling good about Ja, Granted, they're in the correct lineups for their games to really flourish, but Jaron is the one. I'd love to get him a few more looks, maybe intentionally on some ATOs, and get him going early, because when he is hitting on the inside, it makes it a lot harder for for Anthony Davis, and it makes him work on the defensive end. And so that's one of the the key things that I'm going to be looking for in Game Six, okay. Empty the notebook. Time.
1: No, I was saying. I think if we get Game One, Jaron, uh, with kind of how the the last two three games have gone with John Bain and we play good lineups, if we get if we get Game One, Jaren, we're gonna win. This, we're gonna win in LA, like we are. They can't do anything if, if if all three of our guys are playing the way they're playing.
2: I do think it's hard to get Game One, Jaren, with this like emergence of Bain though. Like you can't have both and Ja. Right, yes. I feel like that's true. That's true. When you no went ways. with the like the Jaren thing, it's because like we really didn't have anything else, so we just kind of threw it down low. And also, they had LeBron on him. They don't really do that anymore, right? Like they're not really guarding LeBron with with Jaren as much. Um, and now that we, I just feel like we have really found something that's worked. I mean, the last two games, that Daz pick and roll up top with Tilt with uh, a D in the action just gets great results. Um, and we, a lot of people said before the series started, like Dez could very well be the, our best player in the series, right? Numbers wise, impact wise, all that kind of stuff. The last two games, that's been the case. Ja was awesome tonight, uh, not to like discredit what he did, but Dez controlled the game on offense. He really did. Like every time he had it in the pick and roll, something good happened. Um, his ability, it's really cool to see him grow this much as a creator on ball from like year one. That was only two years ago, which is kind of wild. Um, and how much he's just gotten so much better. Um, I just think Jaron needs to just be aggressive on defense, obviously without fouling. Rebound well for your position. It's not like he has to go out there and get fifteen, but he like rebound percentage has to be high, right? Like the chances that come towards him, he's got to collect it. Um And he's just got to be smart on offense, right? I don't think we need to go to the block to him necessarily as much. But, like, when we do the pick and roll and AD has to help and we kick it to Jaron out on the wing when he's wide open, like he did tonight in the fourth quarter, he hit those two big threes because AD had to help, right? Like, he's going to get that shot. He's going to have to take the shots that we know he can make that he's comfortable with. Basically, Jaron doesn't have to do anything out of his comfort zone to be good good in this series. Um, Maybe defending AD is a little bit, but, I mean, Again, defense player of the year. You got to step up on defense.
0: All right, empty the notebook time. Anything else from from game five or looking ahead to game six before we get to our official predictions here at almost 11 p.m. on, on Wednesday night?
2: I don't, have, I don't have much else. I think we've covered a lot. Yep.
0: All right, I can go first. Um, I mean, how can you not? How can you not predict... A CU Sunday, game seven. (laughs) The Lakers are four and a half point favorites in L.A. That's very unsurprising. Um, I think, like I said, well, here, let me caveat it because I think I might have spoken a little too soon. If Luke Kennard is healthy and plays, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like we found something, and I'm going to trust Jenkins to, he's not going to not play Dylan. Like, Dylan's going to start, but I'm looking for his minutes versus Kennard's minutes to be at least equal, if not in in Kennard's favor. And if those things are true, and if Jaron, uh, big if, if Jaron is able to play for 35-plus minutes, then I trust the rest of our guys to bring what they've been bringing the rest of the series. There's no reason to believe that John Morant, Desmond Bannon, and Xavier Tillman – can't continue to contribute in the ways they've been contributing, and so I think the Canard, Dylan, Jaron uh, trio is the swing on on in different ways. But um, I'm I think it's coming back to Memphis. I, I really do. I think we this game just had positive vibes all over it. I love. I was waiting for a game in which we got a a double-digit lead or twenty-plus point lead on them to just remind everyone this is what we can do. We we have not had a close, like we haven't had a blowout type scenario this entire series, which is uncommon for this team if you look at the entire regular season. And the reasons why our guys did not have to play a ton of minutes is because we had a bunch of games like this where where we just got out to great big leads in the first three quarters, and we could, we could take it easy in the fourth. But that's, I just think we found something. Um, if we come out and lose game six, it is what it is. But I think, we've, I think the vibes are there. And if Kennard plays, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great about game six, and I'd predict a uh, five-point Grizzlies victory in a hard-fought game. That's probably not going to surpass 105 points.
2: I just, I kept thinking about like, you know, everyone kind of brought up today, like what we did in game, game five against the Warriors. Um, That was a little different to me than this game because we just hit every shot and the Warriors mailed it in extremely early. Um, Lakers didn't do that. Kind of to our point, like LeBron still played 37 minutes tonight, even basically. And he sat like the last five in the fourth, four minutes or so in the fourth um so when we went back to them you know golden state game six it was it was a very very tight game a couple opportunities here and there they kind of went on a little run to end it but we were there and that was without jaw um and again to will to your big point that's kind of what i was going to say if we can continue to go with what works which i think we can if we trust the loot if if you know jenkins trust that lineup trust the data um if luke is healthy healthy enough to play i think he will be i'm feeling pretty confident watching his post game stuff um and everything that's come out since then um i think we got a really good chance i'm with you though i think it's going to be a close game i think it's going to be very reminiscent of game four um and hopefully a couple bounces will go our way
1: yeah i I feel the same as y'all y'all do um i might even i might even be uh Shockingly, back to my uh, very confident self, Uh, I just have loved the way we've played the last, um, you know, most of the last three games, honestly. Take out that terrible first quarter of game three, um, I feel like we've kind of found sort of our pace. I also, for me, I think LeBron and AD, um, I think LeBron's going to have a good game. Uh, I don't know about AD, he has not played two good games in a row yet, and he played a great game tonight, so it'll be interesting to see. But for me that one of the biggest things is and we saw it with D'Angelo Russell as our series with the T wolves progressed where he like didn't even play in game six last uh, last year. I just I think we've figured out all the role guys. Like they none of them, you know, had huge games tonight. I feel like if if we come and play the way we'd have the last two games and we don't have one of these role guys go crazy, um, I think we can win this game. Like um, you know, five to ten point. Uh, victory in LA. If we don't have one of these like Yanzo Russell nine zero runs again, we don't have Rui Hachimura going for twenty nine points, things like that. Uh, because I think we've kind of found we like y'all are talking about as the series has progressed. I think we've figured out all these role guys, and and I think if we can just somehow limit AD and LeBron from just being their peak selves, which by the way, you know, uh, we're going third game in five nights. Uh, you know, I, I think I think we got a really good chance, and I thought we played really well last year in a game six, and we didn't have Jaw, and I think Jaw smells it. I felt like tonight was a night where he knew I'm gonna have to listen to Fine in the West all summer if we lose this game, and he he came out and felt that way. In fact, he was a little bit reckless again, um, and I just think he's gonna bring it. I think he's a winner, um, and so I, I I just think we're gonna give a great effort uh, Friday night, and so. And uh, and I think it's gonna take some, you know, and, and it's gonna take something amazing from LeBron and A. D for the Lakers to win.
0: Yeah, and the role players, like you said, I think that was well very well said. We have figured them out to an extent. You know, they're still gonna do what they do. Reeves is gonna playmake and he's gonna have a couple shots. Russell's probably gonna hit a couple threes, but we also forget that when the lights get brightest, they also have youth on their team. Rui Hatchamura is only 25. Austin Reeves is only 24. They haven't been in these pressure situations. We've seen what happens to D'Angelo Russell in his playoff history and what happens when the lights get the brightest. And in a weird way, we have more playoff scars. Our, Our young core has more scars than their role players do. And so I'm hoping that that prevails. LeBron has more than anyone ever he's played more playoff minutes than anyone so he's going to bring it like you said he's been in elimination circumstances before but let's see ad bring it he had a good game tonight what's going to happen in a couple nights and before we end here i have to um i have to speak for for brantley who sent us some awesome notes that he took throughout the game um i think i could sum it up in just one way which is you tell brantley where to go and pick up Dylan Brooks, and he will take him straight to the airport. He will. <laughs> he will even drive cross country to wherever the next destination is for Dylan Brooks, um, because he's out. And I think that he would um, prefer not to even see Dylan, you know, in with the team. Not to speak too too much for Brantley, but I think he's. It's safe to say he's going to want ready. him back
1: when he's guarding Curry and Fox. I'll say that. <laughs>
0: I see. I, He's gonna I don't want know, Dylan. Back then, I think. I think. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not confident that he would. Um, speaking for him again, but no, uh, Brantley. Thanks for for taking those notes. They helped us throughout this pod. And if we win a game six, we will find a way for all of us to jump on and uh, preview a game seven. But we cannot get ahead of ourselves before tonight. I was talking to someone, and I said it's a one-game-at-a-time mentality that you have to have. That is the only way to get through three games when you're down 3-1. And you, since you got the win tonight, you cannot jump ahead to Sunday because Game 6 is not guaranteed, and the Lakers are not going to go down easy. Um, but we're going to bring it, and I think our guys are ready for it. They, in the past, have said they don't duck any smoke. Well, here's the smoke. Let's get it done for Kraft, for Ty, for Brantley. Shout out, I'm Will. Thanks for joining us. We will see you after game six. Talk to you then.